Hello. Hi, John. Hey, Marlon. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. How's it going with you? Well, I'm. Uh, <clears throat> I've got a situation where I'm. Uh, I'm listening to you in mono, <laughs> and hmm. so it's going to be. You know, aren't, aren't I always in mono? I'm sorry. I'm listening to you in one ear. Oh no! Yeah, I. I this is, is it your good less. ear? Is it your good ear? I'm listening. I'm listening with my good ear. Yes, in fact, oh. it is my good ear. Uh, but uh, yeah, this happened with Dan last week. I I, I lost my uh, eighth inch to quarter inch stereo adapter. Oh God, the and weak could, link, the weak link in the chain. Yeah. I could only. That's find one of those things. Where I, 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 mono I that's one of those pieces of kit that uh, I know I have conservatively four or five of. And they're either everywhere, nowhere, or in one place that I can't find. Like my downside is I get organized or as they say, yes, organized. You do, that is your downside. I do. But like, <laughs> like sometimes you ever do the thing and this happens with packing and travel where it's like, I know I've got at home, you got, oh, I've collected all the five pairs of scissors, but I'm not sure where they all are in the case yeah. of those guys. Now I've, I've gotten in the, in the habit of every time I find one of those, I, I put it on my desk all the things that I, I, I start to become like a post-it note person because I know mm. I'm going to need it, mm. but will I have it in the right place? You start to And your, your cans require that. Person. Your cans require the can converter adapter. The, the cans. Now you're using a technical term for, for pe people listening in. Cans are what we in the business call headphones. I mean, is that like a normie thing? Did I just pick that up or is that a thing that people say? No, that's what, that's in the recording studio. They always say cans. Well, yeah. Jay-Z, on a number of occasions, if memory serves, Jay-Z says, uh, I think he says, turn me up in my headphones and they, they leave that in, you know, it's one of those like Beatles joking around moments. Jay-Z's always imploring them to, to turn him up in his headphones. Turn him up in his headphones. I think that's the rap know, term I, for it, the hip hop term, perhaps. As an artist, I mm. think that you're, uh, you, you can say whatever you want to say, but the guy on the other side of the glass is going to be like, you know, just to just the just adjust it in your cans or whatever. You know, they, they like to say cans. Oh, they like to fix the, do, do the mix. John, are there other terms? If, if you can say, if this isn't considered speaking out of school, are there other terms like that that would be useful for people outside the industry to know? Like an SM57, does that like have a funny name? Are there funny names for other kinds of things? Oh, I know one. The drum, the seat that the drummer sits on is called a throne. That's right. It's the throne. That's precisely right. And, yeah, so uh, they, they could I, feel like the king, you know, even yeah, though I, they're I, the drummer. I would always say, typically, you know, because again, I'm the artist, I would say, the mm. drummer's chair, why don't you move the drummer's seat, the drummer's specific seat? Oh, his, his go, little stool, ah, like, like a tiny Tim. Yeah, mm -hmm. the stool, exactly. It, that's what it is. It's a stool. How is that harder to say than throne? Stool. But yes, you're right. I have conservatively probably mm, 30 uh, eighth inch to quarter inch adapters. And I have done, as you just described, I've at different times in my life, put them all in one Ziploc bag. Yep. But where's I've the Ziploc? Put, I've put one in every bag I own. I have, you know, sometimes with that, with the scissors, for instance, I like, I collect them all in a place and then I Johnny Appleseed them around the house, like one in every bathroom. That's it's the term I use. You're deploying them. You're deploying, deploying the scissors. Them in the, the places where there's a need for scissors. But the thing is, at least in my house, and I'm going to guess maybe in yours, the proper deployment of something like a scissor uh, is not uh, honored by certain members of the family because now they go, oh, I, there's the scissors I need. Now it's gone. And now we don't have our nice poultry shears. Well, that's, and the poultry shears were the innovation that I never saw coming. The kitchen scissor 
was uh-huh. a thing that I never con- conceived of or heard of until what five years ago, maybe. I mean, I know other. There's people a dedicated set of scissors that doesn't leave the the kitchen, and maybe specifically doesn't leave this particular drawer. Because when you're cooking chicken breasts uh-huh. Uh-huh. and chicken breasts, they get done on the outside, and you then want you to spat- c- we spatchcock, you know. Well, see, so we spatchcocking. I, know, bu- I bought my lady nice shears for a, for yeah. a holiday gift. For once, I got something that she wanted. They're improbably sharp, and yeah. those had to be put into like we had to have one of our occasional, like surpassingly occasional. Seriously, these are not for you. These scissors are not here. Do not touch these scissors. They are too sharp. And it's for when mama want a spatchcock. Mm-hmm. That's not but for also, crafts. If you're, if you're cooking uh, Italian sausage, mm. a lot of the time you're, you've been cooking them a long time and you're like, these sausage have to be done. And then you cut into them and it's like, nope, the insides are still not cooked. <laughs> and that's not a thing. You don't want to eat sausage rare. Nope. And so no. these kitchen shears, they're incredible. You know, zap, 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 zap. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. It's a thing. And then you get, they, then you they're closer to a munition, um, yeah. than a, uh, than a tool in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and somebody like me that likes his food in chunks, it's the perfect, it's the perfect chunk of, you like a hearty rustic cut. I do. I do. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah. But I on. often will look up and see, uh, in, in the other room, my daughter using the, uh, food chunker, shears to cut a piece of cardboard and i'm like ah no so oh god how do i how do i begin i mean one problem is you know i have different kinds of tendencies that are at war including tendencies from the past and tendency yeah fair and maybe tendencies from the future that are just visiting a little bit where i'm trying i'm using thought and physical technologies to try and improve my life but so when you describe well the one the one here let's just get it out of the way because this is well-worn territory i can't keep anything around but yeah. all of the things go wherever they're gonna go sometimes yeah. we I, at one point the fire extinguisher was put away because it was regarded as not being aesthetic yeah yeah right right put the fire you know when there's a fire away. you're gonna really want to start hunting for, yeah. for the fire put, extinguisher put it somewhere where we can't find it somewhere where it's well, not in the way out of, out of sight out of fire you know mm-hmm. but but so i just want to get out of the way first of all 90 percent of this problem has nothing to do with me I'm an extremely responsible chief operating officer. Yes. I keep buying more pairs of scissors. My latest, I like the OXO kitchen scissors oh, those for are a nice, go-to yeah. scissor. It's a nice yeah. scissor. You could take them apart and clean them. They're re- they're yeah. real nice. And there's a, one, one on a hook. There's one over here at different places. I also like my Gerber utility knives to be deployed. Nice. I have about 14 of these little knives. It's basically a mm-hmm. tiny carpet knife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're great for everything. And, you know, well, once you start using the Gerber utility blade, you never go back. I you don't see. go back to some cute thing for opening Amazon boxes and cutting up airbags. Oh, oh dear. Oh, no, uh, it's, I'll, I'll send you it. So this is the, uh, the Gerber Gear uh, t- uh, 224183030 EAB pocket knife stainless steel. I, I, is, it, is this familiar to you at all? Will you send me, a, send, just send me a picture of it? Yes. Oh, I am familiar with this knife. In fact, oh. this, I have one of these knives. It was given to me by a friend of the show, Jesse Uyeda. Friend of the show. Also, yeah, she's also a knife. Uh, she's a knife person and, and is somebody that's using these things as tools. And she sent me one of these or gave me one. Maybe she might have even palmed it to me like a challenge coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do have this and I use it. Uh, I use it around the house. I just never thought of it as an Amazon mm-hmm. knife. Uh, uh-huh. you know, I just, I use it to dissect frogs. No, now, you know, well, now, yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, it's very, ex- well, relatively inexpensive and I deploy them 
because I'm, as I'm a, currently still using comedy knives to do a lot of those jobs. What? Tell me, tell me about a, oh, is this like a jokey, like a Walmart paring knife? No, 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 nothing like that. Like, uh, you know, when I was a, a young person and this may or may not be true of you, but the, hmm. but, the, the but my father's side, um, which I'm realizing after having gone on this, uh, long drive across the country and thinking about it a lot, my father's side, uh, always considered themselves fancier than my mother's side. And hmm. they were, they were fancy enough that they, that they didn't, they never accepted my mother into the family because they felt like she wasn't fancy enough. The, fa the family, whether or not, however much David loved her, she didn't really fit in with the, uh, the profile of the family's perception. Right. And that was always a source of kind of like wry laughter, uh, on between <laughs> me and my mother, because uh -huh. of course my father and his family were always getting in kerfuffles uh -huh. and, uh, you know, and sinking the family car and whatever else. And my mother was practical and honest yeah. and forthright. She, she doesn't put on airs for anybody. That's right. And so the fanciness was always like, oh, come on, you know, you guys are, and, and, and how fancy are you exactly? Because you have no money and you're a bunch of, you know, you're a bunch of white Russians. But mm. in going back to the, uh, the family, uh, towns, it became clear to me on this trip, my father's family was fancy and my mother's family was not fancy. And they, and Is that, though, a fact? That, was, that was true. 200 years back. My mother's family wasn't fancy 200 years back. Oh, they were, they were, they were born into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were making their own furniture back then. And my dad, you know, my dad's family were, you know, were, had like probably six knives on the table at dinner because each knife had a different thing. Okay. But, but um, but so, oh, this, this never happens, Merlin. No, you're oh. good. I was no. telling you about my Gerber utility knife and oh, you were telling me you, you were using oh. comedy knives. Oh, thank you. Wow. That's just so. I, you probably don't know this about me, but I pay a hundred percent attention. I almost, I, I hear almost good. nothing anyone says in life, owing partly to my hearing and partly to my inattention. Yeah. But, um, when I do a podcast, I do listen to the other person. It's wonderful. I think a lot of people don't appreciate that. They think that you a lot of people out there, they're checking their email or something. Yeah, I'm listening I, to you. I'm hundred percent on you. I know you're thank focused. you. I'm just thank worried you, that I might have long COVID. When was the last time you heard me start in? Start into a story and then not know where I was. More recently than you think, apparently. Wow. Ouch. That's not. No, good. no, no, no. I just mean in the sense of, you know, you, you need to, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You, if we use our memory to try and recall how, how good our memory is, we, we now we got two problems. Okay. 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 I see what you're saying. Talk well, to, anyway, to John Syracuse. He's got a lot of thoughts on this. You know, you, you, you put it back to me. You got me, you got my ball back in the court. And what I was saying was my family, my father's family all mm. had letter openers. Mm. Uh, at the kind that looks they, like a, like a dull knife. Yeah. They sat down at a certain, Not the kind desk. you get from a bank that goes slish. No, I don't even know about the knife you get from a bank. Sometimes that they have a magnifying like a... glass, John. It's a little plastic dingus with an arm above it and a tiny little, not that sharp blade. And you go slish. And you cut cut through your envelope like that. Now, huh. letter opener, that's that's a fancy, that's a fancy piece of work. I think my dad's family went to banks where the man where first of all, they did all their banking in an they actually were invited into the office of the person that had an office and they sat in there and there was probably a letter opener on that desk too. That's a different time. My gosh. So my great uncle, you know, he had these letter openers on his desk and a letter opener was an opportunity for someone to demonstrate that they had been around the world because the letter opener is clearly from India or it's from, you know, from 
Japan or something. It's a, it uh, is a, it's an opportunity to have a non-sharp knife from another culture, South Africa or something. And you go, wow, that's I a get cool it. letter opener. And it's and almost go, like ladies with long nails. Cause you can open a, a letter with pre pretty much anything or nothing, but to have this bespoke device for the gentleman who gets so much mail and obviously you're not going to want to screw up your manicure or whatever. And so you have this, this thing that's, uh, could be like an Indiana Jones letter opener that belongs in a museum, but you've got that. Maybe it's made of a skull, something, right. or maybe it's ivory. Yes, that's right. It often was ivory or some, that's, some yeah. kind of hardwood you can't find anymore. Some hand carved. Mm, I can't find thing. my hardwood. Mm, bonk. Uh, and you know, my mother could open a letter with a perfect, you know, n none of them ripped into letters like I do. I don't like the, or when people you know, tear the end off, I don't care for that. And they blow into it. I don't care for that. No, no, no. That's, that's too fussy. But my mom could open the, a letter along the top of the seam and she would just do it by looking at it hard and the mm -hmm. letter would open for her. If it knows what's good for it. That's right. Now my father's family had all these fancy, fancy non knives and it was a thing. Yeah. I think one of them, uh, one of them had one that had a rhino horn as a handle. Wow. So what, what give you hard happened wood. was. It translated over to me, of course, I have all these mannerisms and affectations that date back to Victorian times, and I don't even know where they came from, but I uh -oh. have all these knives that are, uh, you know, uh, relics or they are, um, talismans and, and some of them are talismans of something. I don't even know where it came from. What is this? My, oh, uncle Jack, hmm. uncle Jack had a had a, uh, a letter opener that was made out of a yak horn, a yak was, horn, a yak horn. It's the huh. spiral. It was like an Ibex horn or something. Damn. So anyway, this Gerber knife that you're talking about sounds very practical. And, um, and I'm not sure exactly how many yak horned letter openers I'm prepared to replace with a Gerber knife, but there are other things that you need, you, you need a knife for that you can't use a yak horn. There's certain things in life. Uh, I've been compiling a document with everything that I know in it. Oh, and uh, yeah, is that going to be available for distribution? Oh yeah, it's just up on GitHub right now. But I'm going to make a website eventually of everything I've learned in life uh, that's good. And uh, and uh, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of things that, that have spun out of this show. Things I had to learn in life. Very nice. But for example, one of them on there, which seems very arbitrary, unless you either you, you know or you don't know, and then you know, you know, you know. Buy the nicest screwdrivers you can afford. Oh boy, you just said it, sister. Okay, because yeah, because you think you've used some screwdriver, oh, you can use a dime. <clears throat> no, get good screwdrivers. The other thing I do is I have one of those magnetizer things <laughs> where you can magnetize or demagnetize the tip. Oh. Those two things together will change the game, but getting nice like craftsman and above level yeah. screwdrivers, yeah. especially kind of at the smaller sizes, you mm. don't understand that there are sharp blades and not sharp blades. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking Phillips too. You can have a sharp Phillips. But like, mm -hmm. if you've been using like a screwdriver that like just ended up at your house for mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. and then you use a good screwdriver, you're not going to believe the difference. Okay. And now that's do you, me. Do you run yeah. out and, and, and knock on the side of the snap on tools van and ask the guy to sell them to you, uh, you know, on the down low, like, where are you getting better oh, than craftsman screwdrivers? Do you really want to know? I do. I research everything endlessly. I, I research and I, I have whole levels to how I do this kind of research because Google's mostly useless, but I've got use, like a three-step process. Wire cutter or you, you've moved on to, well, you, you, as you have a 10-step process. Wire cutter is where you go to find out the second cheapest one. It's <laughs> not like it used to be, but <laughs> it's it, shade. I'm sh hard shade coming in hot. 
it can be helpful, but that's just one of the stages. You go, yeah, yeah. if you're going to Google for something and you search for what best screwdrivers, well, yeah. you're going to get a lot of garbage, I but you will. hairbrush yesterday. Really? But you'll often find what are called, uh, used to be called thin affiliate sites where somebody has, and I've, I've done this, you can basically skin with your own skin. You can basically put the Amazon store on your site. I see and that So you come day. up with all of these like, hey, here's the highest rated bloop, like this kind of thing. Okay, yeah, we'll get to bloop. that. Hi. Well, yeah. you, look at, you look at five different sites and all of them have uh, five different number one, um, no, number I know. one brushes. But it's true for hair cleaners. There was a made out of boar, you know, boar hair that was That used to be the, the boar standard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, so the, the final step, the third step, because there's always three things. The third step is you, once you found what looked like pretty good things on Amazon, now you're going to go to Fake Spot and Review Meta, which are two sites that use science to determine which of those reviews are sketchy or not. Fake spot and review meta. Yeah, and, and if you use, uh, well, unfortunately, I don't have it for Safari, but on other browsers, there are extensions. So I have an extension for Firefox. I use it. This is really interesting. So yeah, if no, I finally no. got into the third stage, the vetting, and I'm down yes. to like deciding, I go to Firefox, fire that up. I paste my search returns from Amazon into Firefox. Beep, and the beep, extension, beep, boop, boop, the extension sorts everything on the page by how likely the review is to be useful. So now so last, you, last night, no. now this is going to yes. be very, this yes. is very interesting. You there. Mm -hmm. We'll talk um, about this in the after show. Go ahead. Well, no, no, no. I'd see, this is, this is wonderful because last night I saw, you know, a lot of times I'm doing, uh, I'm doing omnibus research because I start to do something. I start to look mm -hmm. at something and then I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I You've been doing the show long enough that it must occasionally occur to you, hey, this would be really good for Omnibus. Exactly. And you know, the whole premise of Omnibus was that we would do the things that we were already looking at, that we were already interested in. And then at a certain point in the research, we would go, oh, hey, exactly. Right. This is something that I could do a show about. But it wasn't like we were out looking for shows. It was that shows would find us. And so I was, uh, the other day I did a, I did a, um, a show on, uh, and it hasn't aired yet, but you're going to, mm -hmm. you're going to hear it someday soon. And that was, I did a show on Merkins because mm. of course I was doing something and I was like, Merkins, hmm, that's an interesting thing. I'd Merkins like are fascinating to me. And then I went down and started looking at more stuff about Merkins. And I was like, at, so at, after 20 minutes, I said, oh, this is an omnibus. What do you know? And this is one of those omnibuses I like to do, which makes Ken very uncomfortable. He doesn't want to think about Merkins. Mm -mm. He's probably never. He, if he has to think about, he's a very thoughtful, very intelligent man. And you, you, it's fun though, to sit there and think, knowing what you know about somebody and their, and their, uh, foibles, it's yeah. fun that he, to get to Merkin, he's going to have to think about some of the, um, adjacent equipment. You're exactly right. It's not a thing that's ever come up and I bet he knows what the word means because that's how he wins Jeopardies, but I don't know if mm -hmm. he's put much thought into it. And this is a, this is a pubic wig. That's a pubic wig then. <clears throat> but, um, last night. On one of these, like, huh, I wonder about that. Huh. I wonder about this. I wonder about that. <clears throat> I started to do research on uh, these adult dating sites uh, because it because it had crossed a threshold of <laughs> some of your famous Pete Townsend research. Yeah, I'm doing some Pete Townsend research. Exactly uh -huh. right. <laughs> and I wanted to know whether Ashley Madison, the um, the website where uh, married people go to like uh, uh, publicly cheat on on their spouses. Which had a huge Just, data breach that ruined a lot of lives. Right. Ruined a lot of lives. Right. Uh, a data breach that, that, that I was trying to figure out has this data breach ruined the site forever. Is the site full of bots? 
what, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, I was Googling around, you know, does Ashley Madison, is it authentic? Are people actually on there? Like are these real women in particular, yeah. right? Are they successfully cheating on one another? Or is this a thing where it's a, like a bot factory and it's a dangerous, scary place. And also they're milking you for money. Uh -huh. and, and with no results. You spend all day monetizing your desperation. In some monetizing your desperation. That's exactly. And I, you know, that might even be the title of the ultimate uh, episode, but okay. I, I, so I'm looking at reviews is Mashley, Ashley, Mad is Mashley Addison, Mashley Addison. <laughs> is it a real thing? <laughs> and there are all these reviews that are like, is Mashley Addison real? And the, and then the, uh, then under it, yeah, talk about like when you get down that little section that has the like it, it, they've taken what they think you're looking for and phrased it as yeah. a question other people have asked yeah and then you I click love on that, that part. and it, it takes you you know it's not, not usually you a keep, reddit you keep diving further in like more like this and they get increasingly hilarious yeah, right. where it's exactly. like you know is our floors real yeah. or something like you get into this really good stuff <laughs> can aircraft carriers fly yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you know i'm two or three pages down into reading reviews and all of them the title of the review Seems like it was written by a real person and it's really like, you know, let's get to the bottom of this. You know, we tried out Mashley Addison and let's see. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> is this some wire cutter thing where they actually tried uh -huh. to go on dates with people? And did they actually like end up cheating oh, like on how, how deep, how, how far does this go? Yeah, exactly. Right? Did, how did you get like, like maybe get into like a, a multi-month relationship before you yes. felt like, you know, you've gone basically deep cover to right. find out like, well, how real is Mashley? Or did you, did you get into nine relationships, right? Because there are all these, for your, there for are all your work. These yeah. review sites that are like you're saying, they're just like, what's the best hairbrush uh, that I'm just skinning this site so that I can get an Amazon kickback. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. there's the fellow that goes and eats nothing but McDonald's for a month or the guy that That's goes true. around the country going to Starbucks's. I know people are prepared to go the distance for their dumb idea. Mm -hmm. Like the got, famous one, I don't, I usually don't care for those. They're just transparently stupid, but there's the one where the person went to like Chili's or Applebee's for the, like uh, some endless, not endless pasta, obviously, but they were seeing like how long they could spend at the restaurant for the all you can eat thing. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? I, I respect that kind of journalism. When I first moved to Seattle, I didn't have a place to live and I would stay up all night walking around in the rain, uh, sucking my thumb because I mm. was uh, very dramatic. And then during the day, they would, there was a certain moment where they would open the Godfather's pizza because they had all you can eat lunch pizza. Right. And, and so it was I would, terrible. It was terrible. But I would wait until the, you know, the person came with the key and unlocked the front door of the, of the Godfather's. And so you get I, pizza and a, and a warm place to sit. Yeah. I would come in, shake off the rain, mm -hmm. you know, put, pay the $5 or whatever for the, for the, uh, for the all-you-can-eat pizza, and then I would get a little tray of pizza. I would go sit in the furthest back corner booth, and then I would put my head against the window and sleep. Mm -hmm. That was that, not the, not the highest point, you know. As my yeah. mom used to say, like if you're 45 and you have a missing tooth, it's not a sign you're thriving. And if well, you are sleeping at noon in a pizza, you didn't put on airs for anybody. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I was not represent. I mean, there are people that were my age that already had started software companies and already yeah. were driving around in Lamborghinis and I'm sleeping in a Godfather's. It's the pizza you, if memory serves, it's the pizza you can't refuse. It, I could not refuse it at that point. Cause it, you know, there were all those guys. I, later on, I had a friend that worked in a porno theater, like an old fashioned one where they showed 35 millimeter movies where everybody had a giant Merkins. <laughs> and he said about, <laughs> about 50% of his clientele 
on the 11 o'clock to 4 a.m. shift because it was 24 hours a day. And he had the, he had the night shift where he's, you know, and, and it's, it's reels. He's, you know, the, he's changing reels halfway through this hour and 40 minute long movie where the, where the vacuum cleaner salesman comes and so forth. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, most of his clientele in the middle of the night are just guys who have figured out that you pay $5 to get in the movie theater. You have a warm place to sleep. Yep. He yeah, was like, sure. we're just a hotel basically. Um, and anybody that's in here actually for the porn is they're the real weird. I mean, there's 40 people in the theater right now. And if they're this is, really I feel weird, like this is why home video was so disruptive. Like in that case, the guys who were there for the, uh, as your physician might say, the on label reason, uh, of being at a men's cinema, you know, um, a lot of those guys, they probably came in, you know, loaded for bear and, you know, it might be 15, 20 minutes in they're done. What are you gonna do? You're gonna wait till you reload, you're gonna force fluids. No, you know what I mean? Move on. Except if you are somebody who is looking for a place to engage with someone else, I see. Then you meet Ashley Addison uh, yeah. for the the cinephile man. Exactly. You either take someone there or you meet them on uh, out in the oh, town. Oh, you mean like Rob, Robert like, De Niro in Taxi Driver? Exactly. You go there and you're like, "Hey, you want to you want to go to a movie with me?" Oh, okay. Mm, Swedish, yeah. And you end up at the Apple Theater, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Calls you but a little it, piece of chicken. but um but i so in in doing this deep dive i could not find a single website that purported to be reviewing the actual success or failure rate of of mashley addison Uh because every one of them ended up having the exact same text yes which was like how hey here's how you sign up and here's what the features are and we really did this and looked into this and here are what some of the features were that we discovered it was like, none of this has anything to do with whether or not you ended up cheating on your wife on this site. And that feels like, where's the deep dive, right? Where's okay. it? Yeah. I knew a guy named Gregor. I still know him. Gregor is, huh. a, is still a good friend. And Gregor, in the very early days, what was it, of Tinder? Is that the name of the cockroach guy in the, the, oh, yeah, in it the is. Kafka story? Yeah. Yeah, Gregor Samsa? The, the one that turned into a cockroach? Yeah, it's a bummer. Great. It wasn't Tinder. It was one of the early dating sites. And Gregor was living in New York City and he had a motorcycle and he wore a leather jacket and he was also a fashion photographer who lived in a giant loft. Whoa, man. And he must he, be more tail than Sinatra. He, well, this is the thing. He wrote a, he was maybe the first one to do this, Merlin, but he wrote hmm. a comedy uh, bio for himself on an early dating site. That was like, I just like to, you know, I'm a guy with a, with a tall hat and, uh, if, you know, wear the gold hat if that moves her. And if you can bounce, I bounce for her too. And huh. he got a lot of people, you know, who were like, ha ha, that's great. Thumbs up. Uh-huh. And for whatever reason, you know, when you're thumbs up, uh, you go up the rankings. Oh, I get it. He's got more clout say, as they say. Yeah. Then they, yeah, that's right. Clout with the K they gave him uh-huh. more thumbs up. And for a whole period, uh, in the, I guess, I don't know when those sites first arrived, but early 2000s, late nineties, he was the top, uh, profile on whatever the, the dating site was, eharmonymatch.com, wow. okay. the top profile in New York city. And so all he had to do was law and his, his comedy bio was just a dumb FU type of thing. It was easier to get famous back then. It really was. But he was but, like, almost, but it, was, it must be a little bit like Best of Craigslist or Am I the Asshole, where people are doing it now today. You might be doing that to get to get hearts. 
but back then that was that was a novel new idea to be uh, to be yourself and not say that you like you're a, you're a yachtsman or yeah, something exactly. like that. Like no, he was not being earnest. But then for a period, you know, and of course at this point in time, the early adopters of something like that, they're tech savvy. They're uh, you know they're like okay, I'll check this out. It's not full of snorks. Uh-uh. And he just uh-uh. he, had, he had a different date every night. He'd roll up on his oh, motorcycle. Oh, so he was. He, I didn't want to ask. He was able to convert this. Uh, into actual dates. Yeah. 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 No, he converted it into dates for sure. And he was a handsome guy. I mean, he's not, yeah. he's not like a tall guy, but he's a handsome guy. Got a motorcycle. Jesus. Yeah, he's got a motorcycle and he's, oh, this is the other thing. He was good at motorcycling. It oh. wasn't like he had, had a, a fashion photographer. Yeah. He didn't have a comedy Jeez. motorcycle. Like he could turn his motorcycle sideways going 60 miles an hour and go around the, you know, go around the Was it the dignified? Was it a crotch rocket or was it dignified? Well, that's the thing. He built it himself. It was a BMW oh, cafe on. racer that he built himself. He had an endless Oh, it has like amount. one of those little racing fairings? It had a racing fairing that was oh, made out of man. stainless steel or whatever, hand hammered something. It, you know, it was probably like, uh, it was made out of a suit of armor of a, of a French prince. Mm-hmm. Or it looked like it was. And so all he had to do was roll down Broadway and people were throwing bouquets of flowers at him. And, you know, he wears it well. He's not, uh, you know, he's, uh, he, even today, he, very handsome, uh, still making motorcycles. He's a uh, you know, beautiful wife and family now. He's not oh, out that's at, nice. the top, at the top of the, uh, the he single. Could, he could go stage. back. I mean, I, I would, if I were her, I would move advisably because at this point today, you know, uh, some, sometimes men get better looking over time. He yeah. could still go back at any point. He could hop on Mashley Addison any day. And uh, I bet, you know, I bet he'd be able, like Donald Trump, he'd be able to earn all his money back in a few months. He's that good. You know, my mom said to me last night, hmm. she said, you know, I didn't really come into my looks until I was in my 20s, at, like you. Hmm. And I was like, hmm, go on. And oh. She was like, you know, oh, you, wow. you, uh, you, you were very handsome, you know, in your mid twenties, you, it took you a little bit of time to get there from 16 to okay. you know, 24 or whatever. From, from you, when you did, did look like a, like a scallop. Yeah. She was like, you're very handsome at 24 from that, from then on. And then, you know, she, she doubled down on, she was like, you know, I think you're as handsome now as you've ever, you're, you're, you're even more handsome than you've ever been. Hmm. And I think she was saying this because. You know, I have a gray beard now and that, uh, and a waitress in Omaha, uh, asked me if I was my daughter's grandfather. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, mm. I've been licking that wound. I got a thorn in my paw from that. Sure. And, and so everybody around me is trying to say like, no, no, it's just, you know, you're very, very handsome. Mm. And uh, you know, when I was 25, I don't know about you, you know, I've seen pictures of you when you were 25, you were gorgeous. Yeah. You were That's absolutely. Pretty, I mean, like I, 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 I. I did. I was okay for what I had to work with. Oh, you were amazing. You had a blonde mustache. You looked like, uh, you looked like Prince Wesley. Um, I did. Walked, I did. People thought I looked like him. Yeah. You walked around in your yeah. gold jacket with epaulets that had somebody else's name on it. You were just, you were on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, at that point in my life, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll shave my head tomorrow. And then I walked mm. around like a, like a, like I was in a Japanese prison camp. And then mm. I was like, maybe huh. we'll sleep in a pizza parlor. Oh, maybe I'll start a band. Like I had no plan. <laughs> That's a no good boss. <laughs> I had no, I had absolutely no plan. Uh-huh. I wasn't capitalizing on being young and pretty. This, this, and, I feel like this is something your mom has done before though, where she's, she's in a, in a way that was not as helpful probably as it was meant to sound, was trying to pay you some compliment about your looks. I feel like I've heard this f- yeah. before. Oh, but, but it also uh, Eric Spurlock, the guy who said, uh, Oh no, no, time- no, 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 the water fountain. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, the one uh, guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I got it back in your head, didn't I? I'm sorry. Oh, it's in everybody's head. John John Syracuse got it from it being in my head. In my, in my head, it came from your head. In your head, it came from Eric. It's an affliction, John. 
it has affected dozens of people. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Every Eric, time you see no every time you see a water fountain, I want you to think of me. Yes. And I've never met Eric. I don't know what he looks like. But uh, it's Eric's all the way down now. Well, Eric's mother was the one that said to us as a, as a, as a couple of guys who are mm-hmm. 17 years old or 16 years old, she was like, you know, you're girls aren't going to like you at this age, but you know, when you grow up, you're going to be considered very attractive men. And we were both uh, did not take it as a compliment. We took, we took it as like a a tire thumper to the knee. And, uh, it's like me telling, trying to say anything to my daughter about the second, now the second week of eighth grade. Like, what could I say that's not either horrible or bullshit? Did you know that I spent most of eighth grade sitting in class daydreaming about two things? One, (laughs) Uh, the ability to stop time. And if I could stop time, uh-huh. I would immediately go back to sleep because I was so tired uh-huh. uh, because I'd stayed up all night. And then I would go and find the world's best chocolate chip cookies. Uh, and, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That was the one thing that I daydreamed about. I would sit in class and they're this talking before about you were conjuring algebra. an orb. Uh, this was circa conjuring an orb actually. But is, this, but, is this when you're wearing flight suits and orange pants? Flight suits and orange pants. Precisely. Okay. Then. And, and, and weirdly, you know, kind of in that I was having puberty, I'm sure, but uh-huh. most of my stop time behavior was not going around, uh, you know, like kissing stop timed girls. It was, uh, where do I find the best chocolate chip cookies? Uh-huh. And then the other fantasy was, uh, that I would be sitting in class and there would be a nuclear war and the only one in the school that knew what to do because I had read all the civil defense manuals. At that point in time. And I could identify any Russian aircraft by silhouette, uh, that suddenly I would become very important in my junior high. Wolverines. That's right. Not, not, this was even pre Wolverine. This is pre Red Dawn. It was pre Red Dawn. Uh, I was, you know, and that's why Red Dawn resonated with me because I'd been living it Uh uh already living it for four years. But yeah, imagining that, you know, the siren goes off, everyone's running around in a panic, including the teachers. And I'm there in my orange flight suit going, remain calm. All is well. Follow me, you know, to rally to my standard. And then I would mm-hmm. take them to the, to the bomb shelter. And I would explain to them that, how that you had built built and nobody else knew about that was full of chocolate chip cookies. And mm-hmm. I would then from there begin rebuilding society in my own image. It's a really, it's a, it's a good plan for you. It gives you something to work towards. And if we're being honest, it's really good for all the snorks that don't know they're going to need somebody who's read some civil defense manuals. Exactly. The problem was I was not learning algebra in eighth grade. I'm not sure how much that story is going to help any current eighth grader Uh uh, because it's made out of very different uh, source material. Yeah. I mean, it's Anna Karenina, you know, every eighth grade Mm -hmm. is, is terrible in a different way. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, so your mom was telling you how pretty you were. Uh, you wore orange pants. Yeah. Um, oh, is, yeah, that's talking different. about, talking about eighth grade. What uh, I'm trying to get is the best yeah. screwdriver. Uh-huh. I, I oh, right. Like, of course. Of course. I feel like the problem with screwdrivers now is that metallurgy has, uh, has changed as part of the global, um, the global desire to make things as cheaply as possible. And so screws themselves are such garbage, I need the best screwdriver possible in order not to immediately strip every oh, screw God. that comes with it's, it's, any well, it's a rat. It's a rat king of shittiness because, I mean, before we even get to the fact that most people like me don't really know how to properly drill a hole, 
there's lots of people who don't really know how to drill a hole. There's yeah. people like me that have, you know, the, the a typical sort of whatever 20 amp, uh, black and black and Decker that'll just like put a screw magnetized into the end and just goes right into the thing. It's hard to get yep. things out of things. The craftsmanship is not there. And you're absolutely right. It used time was that you could, you could say like, Oh, craftsman, for example, or I know Dan, Dan's all gay bones for snap on tools. Yeah, um, how do you even get them though? You, you can't buy snap on tools at a, at a store. But you know what Dan, what the, what the, somebody in his family told Dan was like, you know, there's a warranty for life on these, but like versus these versus that, he says, yeah, but snap on tools, they, they don't break. Yeah. They don't break. Yeah, that's what they say. But um, no, I, I agree. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, it's, it's emblematic of a bigger pattern. Like so much of my wisdom, yeah. it's emblematic of this bigger pattern of like, understand what kind of stuff it's totally okay to cheap out on. And when it comes to buying something potentially kind of nice or important, like the phrase I always use that's virtually useless, but you'll know what I mean. I want the good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the like, good one. You know what I mean? I want the good one. Like, I don't need, I don't, I don't, I probably don't want the dollar one. I probably right. don't want the thousand dollar one, but I want the good one. I want the, everybody who uses this thing all the time, especially for their work. What's the one everybody gets? Right. And yeah, there is, yeah. there, I mean, look at, again, look at the sure family of microphones. Like there's a reason SM57s are like how, how the drum sound got on a bunch of your favorite records. Yeah. It's like you, you didn't what, what get the Radio the Shack mic. 57. We say 57. You just say 50, you leave off the people know it's implied. All you have to do is say 57. Hammer yeah. nails with them all day, they say. The 57, the 87, the, you know, the, yeah. the, uh, the 57. You're, like you're like a 7B. I got the 7B. Yeah. That's, that's your vocal mic full stop, right? Uh, I'm, I'm using it right now. The I'm 7B. on an Electrovox. What do I know? Well, you know, the, oh, the thing is the RE20 is just, the RE20 is, I think that's the, what I've done. The 7B are the two, they're, they're basically, synonymous in a lot of applications i just you know i've a b'd them i'm one of the no, fortunate yeah. few who has but been I have able a voice, to sit i have a voice a like a them. like a like a bad saxophone you know i thought oh, this would make huh. me sound like john dickerson and I'd you know i thought about that yeah bad oh, well i know you're not big on reeds but not a whole, um, not a not a terrible saxophone but a but a saxophone part that is a little that's squonky it's somebody that oh for sure i mean i'm like yeah the kind of thing like if you're like gay it doesn't matter um but anyway the point being here's what happens though to your point once you finally and i do have a flow for this we'll talk about it in the after show okay. i um i have a flow and one of the last steps of that flow because for better or for worse i tend to buy things from the amazon company is i will run it through review meta or i will run it through fixbot and here's what those sites do to the best of their ability and in slightly different ways i kind of prefer review meta so if you just go try this, go to reviewmeta.com and you can just, there's probably like a sample there you can click on, but it looks at science. It looks at all kinds of stuff. It analyzes. Wait I think it's up. science. They're using science. They're using science. algorithms. Um, and it, what it does is though, they go through and they look at all kinds of things that tend to happen with suspicious reviews. So, you know, straightforward stuff like, well, th does this person rate a lot of things? Does this person rate... Isn't it interesting that there are some people who only seem to rate one company's stuff and for a short period of time, almost uh -huh. as though they were compensated for it? Uh -huh. Are there other kinds of people where we think this might've been paid? Word usage, all this kind of stuff, how many people quote unquote liked this, but they come up with this uh, and then they show you all the different sections. And if there's stuff you don't care or worry about, that's okay. Um, but like you will find the things that, I mean, like go search for something like fucking Bluetooth speakers or headphones. There's these whole areas on Amazon that are just rife with garbage, but then, mm. but that's the neat part is then you can go in. Now, I don't know if you can do that with a Smashley Madison, 
but it would be nice to have somebody go in and say, uh, you know, I think that's what they call SEO. A lot of it, no offense. I think oh, a lot no, of it I'm is sure there are people listening. When you hear the commercials for that. something like uh, reputation.com and how they're going to go clean up your internet results. And the general way they do that is you give them a ton of money and then they get people to post a lot of stuff that's not the bad thing. And essentially, as I understand it, you pay them to push most of the stuff off the top page because that's all anybody ever looks at. That's yeah, right. how that's that racket right. works. But you could do it. I mean, you could do that. There's, there's, products there's sponsors i've had for podcasts i'm not proud to say where i eventually discovered that they were doing things like this and it made me not want to have them be my sponsor yeah and i've said as much and so you know you don't be weird about it never give the internet a puzzle that's also on my list here uh modern learning der neue ratgeber for uh führung strafte wie say uh Mitarbeiter. Hmm. It's Furen the new philosophy Furen. of German slavery. What is it? I'm not sure, but it it, no, it was it has an Amazon.de rating of 4.1, but they have given uh, uh, review meta has given it an adjusted rating of 2.1. So so, so scroll down a little. Scroll down. Isn't that kind of cool though? You can see the uh, the monkey business they found. Yeah, I see that monkey business. Ooh, and two good gourmet keto cookies, soft baked, healthy snacks, sugar and grain free, low carb uh, keto. Mm -hmm. uh, they were a 3.5 rating and now they're a 2.1 adjusted rating. That's very Is exciting. That a it's good to know. So, yeah. so that's how I do that. But, but these knives, so, so John, I don't want to go all into my philosophy because this will all be in my ebook. Yeah, but, yeah, um, you know, one of my things I've talked about uh, with a friend of the show, John Syracuse, I have a guiding philosophy. One of my mini guiding philosophies is a concept I call one hand and in the dark. Which is one that hand I and in the dark. How have I not heard this already? One hand. I don't like to bother you. I only wake you for the important podcasts. Yeah, but, I see. But so this, this is the this stuff that you do over on uh, the show you do with Syracuse, which is basically a product review show. Is that? Is that? Yeah, more we, we do it. We do deep dives on all, all aspects of, of technology, Apple, Apple products, right? Apple products. You know, we we do uh, side by side. We call it a showdown of like oh. recent Android phones. We do that. Oh. Now you were saying you use Firefox. Does that somehow make uh, the world more honest? Firefox is my second browser. Okay. Second, Firefox is what we in the business call my other browser. I will not have Chrome on my machine. That's gone. Yeah. Uh, but Firefox is, is great. Because uh, sometimes one of the most basic things you need to do, why you would want your, your other browser, is if something's not working on your main browser, whether that's in web development or just surfing the web. Like, for example, just now, I was finding, the, the, the unless something better comes up, the show art for this episode will okay. be the titular Gerber EAB utility knife. Oh, oh, good, good, good. But when I went to their website, because I, I don't like to send people Amazon links. I think that's thirsty. I was going to send you the link to the Gerber company site, but okay. the, the image wasn't loading. So I reloaded it with no content blocker, still wouldn't load. Copy the URL, go to Firefox, guess what? Uh-oh, still doesn't load. Oh, so that people, way I'm able to isolate the problem, right? Mm -hmm. It's with them, not with you. It's, is it a me thing or a you thing is a question yeah, we yeah, should yeah. ask ourselves. That's on well, the, that's on the so list. So what too. I want to know is what's your first browser? It's uh, the Safari uh, browser because it oh. it's, it's secure, it syncs up, it's got tons of great features and it works with all my devices. So that's oh, my- Oh, that's uh, good because yeah. a lot of people, uh, a lot of people snark at me about using Safari and they say, oh, you should be using Chrome because that's what real people do. And I'm like, mm, if you want your just, data stolen, sure, go nuts. You no, know, I just, I just use Safari. Now I will toggle between Safari Maps and Google Maps, and I'll tell you, boy, the uh, it, it, the story isn't very good about either one of those. In my personal experience, Apple, going down the new Apple street, Maps is better. It's better, and it does cool stuff. You're gonna like it iOS does. 15. It's very good. 
It does. The problem is that here's what I want to do. 99% of the time with maps, uh-huh. what I want to do is put a location in between my current location and the other location. You're, just to be clear here, John is not using it for directions. No, no, no. I'm not using it for directions. What nope. I want to see, I want to see a lot of different things. I want to see a lot of different things. I'm looking for data is what I'm looking for. I don't data. want your map program to walk me through the basic steps of driving out of my yeah. own driveway and up to the corner. What I want is data. I want data. Yeah. And that, and maps are where you find, you know, you find a lot of useful data. In a lot maps. of map data. But you, what you want to be able to do is put not just one, but four locations in between your location and another location. Because, you know, my mom and I can't every day leave one place and drive different routes to another place. Right? We can't do it every day. And uh-uh. there are so many routes. Right. The, the, the route's not taken, as Frost would say. Every time we're every time we're in the same location and have two cars, we immediately, as you know, we've talk, discussed. You this do you what we in the industry call route talk. Yeah, we look at each other, we nod, mm-hmm. and it's understood that when one person turns left, the other one's going to turn right. It doesn't matter if the other if the other way we feel pretty strongly is not the preferred way. You got to test it. You got to test it. Yeah, that's so more I'm data. Doing, uh-huh. I'm doing that. On, I'm doing that on map programs all the time, and I'd also do it in things like you know, if you were in Helsinki and you needed to get to Jerusalem. Like, let's try a couple of different ways. Do you go to? Do you go through Kiev? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And mm. neither one of those map programs is really calibrated to make that easy for me. You know, you can do it and I figured out the way to do it on both, but it's not a thing, you know, you want to be able to save that. You want to be able to have, have a whole file of different routes from Helsinki to Jerusalem. And it should be a lot easier than it is. And it, and the thing is they've probably got 50 people on the team trying to t- you know, trying to tell you where the nearest Seven Eleven is or car wash near me or whatever. Right, right. But what I they find don't it more have, difficult enough to say, because I do like it for directions, especially if we're an automobile with CarPlay. But I, I will say like, we, we started here and we're going to there. And then I just want, please show me, I wish you could just show me a Popeye's, show me all the Popeye's along the way, but show me the Popeye's that don't have, that have a rating above two and are okay. easy to get to from the highway. I would love that. What is the percentage of Popeyes that have a rating less than two? Uh, it's funny because different areas are, are easier or harder. I noticed when we were in Rhode Island, th- I did not see many ratings for anything because you can't help but see the little dumb Yelp rating, but mm. almost nothing. It's like food yeah. that I looked at any place. You never see above three. I think that, I think little roadie, uh, people are tough with the stars. There was a time when it was reputed that the Popeyes in the Atlantic, uh, the Atlanta airport mm-hmm. was a good Popeyes. Oh. And everybody was going to the Popeyes in the Atlanta it's airport. It's in one of those central, like the, the junctions between the terminals where you'll yeah. get a bunch of, uh, of food things. Yeah. It's in a junction and it's a common, if, if you're a Delta person or if you're going from hither to thither, it's a, uh-huh. it's a, a common junction, even though there are 40 junctions in that airport. It's a common enough one that you're always like, oh, there's that Popeye's. My dad used to have, when it was four terminals back in the seventies, my dad used, there was no tram. My dad used to have to always transfer flights through Atlanta and he would have to like run across. You can do that. Sometimes if I have time to kill, I'll take the long walk rather than the tram. But God damn, that's a big airport. That's a long walk. And you think like, I've got to be at the end of it now. And you look up and you're like, oh, terminal three, I'm nowhere close to the end of it. But I went to that Popeye's one time because I had never been to a Popeye's, and I felt what? like, oh, Atlanta, wow. Atlanta Airport. We had this- we had we had Popeye's at my uh, baccalaureate uh, uh, d- d- defense. 
Oh, I, I wasn't invited to that. No, I'm sorry. It was really just mostly locals from Sarasota and, and people who noticed there was Popeyes coming into the building. Well, there my mom was kind enough for, to pop for Popeyes. There weren't Popeyes uh, up here in the Northwest, I don't think. You know, no, one it's time, a Southern-ish thing. It's like a Bojangles or a, what, what, what a burger is like a Texas thing that we happen to have in Florida, but mainly a Texas thing. We did a, uh, we did a record release party in Los Angeles, I think for Pretend to Fall, where Barsook rented some small venue and invited all the music, uh, you know, the, not just the, the, uh, reporters and publicists, but also the music supervisors. That's who you really want at your party. And music we enticed them to come, uh, by offering, uh, chicken and waffles, Roscoe's chicken and waffles. We oh, catered the entire event. That's so smart. Roscoe's chicken and waffles. And we got a big crowd and then we played a, you know, we played a short set. They were very appreciative. They were all cramming down chicken and waffles. But that was back in the heyday where, where indie rock labels had, you know, 1200, 1300 bucks to throw at a thing. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I went to Different this Popeye's mm -hmm. at the Atlanta airport and it did not look like a clean uh. environment. It looked like a very a haphazard thing. There were, you know, there were like uh, things hanging off the lights. Um, it looked like there were wet wipes on the floor. Like it just didn't look like a place that I wanted to. That's probably not, not best for your first Popeye's experience. My, my Popeye's experience at, at Atlanta uh, a couple of weeks ago was, um, it was very strange going to Popeye's as the Marquez would say, you know, Popeye's in the, in the time of COVID mm -hmm. it is a very strange thing the way everything's arranged and the way you get it and they have a station that's just where they hand you your drink and nothing's allowed to be out. It's, it's, mm. it's not as fun as it used to be, but you know, you, you had, you had it, but Popeye's like McDonald's, you want to get it when it's like just coming off the line. It's real good. Uh, getting off the line. I, I always had it at the advantage as a kid because all I wanted was a plain hamburger and they don't have any plain hamburgers sitting under the, the, the heat lamp. I call it a grill order. They have to grill it themselves. And so mm -hmm. you wait a little extra. Everybody else in involves the party. It actually mad. involves a piece of paper. We've got to write on the piece of paper. Yeah. What is so they're all standing, it? my friends are all standing, eating their fries out of the bag going, come on. Mm -hmm. And I'm waiting for my plain hamburgers to come off the grill. But they were always so fresh. You know, it's the, it, they That's were the best. Peak, peak hamburgers, those hamburgers. So the idea is almost everything in my life I should be able to do with one hand and in the dark. The one hand means oh. that if there are tasks around the house that I, uh, that, let's say there are things around the house that could be done with two hands, but it would be so much easier if I could only do it with one hand. Okay. Big example is getting a dish out of the cabinet. Now, doesn't that seem like that should be a one-handed thing? Like you open the door on the cabinet, you stick your little paw in, you grab a dish, but you can't do that if people have been stacking things on top of the dishes because there's room there. Oh, now, just to be clear, this is dishes. this needs to go in the document. Just because there's room somewhere doesn't mean it's free space. Right. That's not where things go. If this things is the footprint of the refrigerator where daddy's seltzer goes. And just because there's no seltzer in there right now, that doesn't mean that's not for you. Don't, don't mm -hmm. put that there. So one hand it is like I, and that also extends to, I put a garbage bag in my office anywhere where my right hand likes to let go of a piece of garbage. Hmm. Now, How many garbage dark, cans are in your office? Uh, six. How do you source garbage cans? Uh, I use five gallon buckets. And are, oh, five gallon, bu you mean five like gallon buckets Lowe's? with a third, with a third, huh? Like a five gallon bucket where you would clean out your paintbrushes? Yeah. 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 Huh. They're actually, they are like, you know, mostly like 
Home Depot type, yeah. uh, you know, with the handle on it. Yeah. yeah, 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 with the handle. Oh, what a hack. What a good hack. But like, you know, and the, the, and the dark part is like, if I'm looking for, let's say, the scissors, I, I mean, in the dark, I mean, where do you begin? Brown Legos on the floor? Like, that shouldn't be there. I should be able to do this in the dark without harming myself. But we should try to the extent possible for things that we use often. We should be able to do it and find it, get to it safely in the dark. And this also goes to the, like, don't put things on other things. I realize this is a rant, but here's the thing, John. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to find my Gerber utility knife mm-hmm. with one hand mm-hmm. and in the dark. They are deployed in the places where I will want them. And there's a lot. There's a lot. But now I've gotten everybody but my wife onto the Gerber utility plate. Oh, she still she... uses this cute, I would call it a joke knife. She uses one of these cute things we learned about from Matt Howie, which is this Japanese knife that's this supposedly for opening Amazon packages. It's basically like a serrated letter opener, and it's garbage uh, uh, compared to an EAB, a Gerber EAB knife. And so I just want to close that thread. Yeah, I think yeah. it's important to have things deployed. And that doesn't mean you can just start collecting knives. This is not a treasure hunt. Don't go collecting all of my deployed blades to put into service somewhere in your room. I'm looking at you, Emma. Do you have, I don't, this is, you know, I, I don't want to ruin your Ask me anything. Tech. No, please. By, Do by you have any home defense devices in easy reach of your uh, sleeping area that you could access? Like, for instance, I, when I think in the dark with one hand, I think I picture you using a butterfly knife. In the middle of the night. It, that totally makes sense. And I have my most costly knife I ever bought. I acquired about a month ago. I'm not going to talk about it, but it's the nicest knife that I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. It's way too long for even some people call it an everyday carry, but it's, it's, it's huge and it's heavy. It's got carbon fiber. And it's got the sharpest blade I've ever experienced. Now, I, I am a knife guy and I like me a knife uh, to, to answer the question you didn't ask. If I were going to have, are you talking about like a, a home defense weapon? Well, of some kind, you know, there are a lot of people. It would that are be like, a bludgeoning. It would be a bludgeoning instrument bludgeoning. because it's it's you can keep people. It's kind of a little bit of a slightly ranged weapon compared to the personal melee weapon uh, of a knife. I would like to be able to just bonk somebody and, and make them think twice. Whereas with a stabbing, you know, it's like the chicken and the pig. You know, now right. I'm committed and now right, I'm stabbing exactly. somebody, and I don't want to be somebody who stabs somebody. Also, you, you know, know a lot of those weapons, they'll just take away from you and, and, and hurt you and with it until they're you. tired. Right. They say never People point a gun that. at somebody that you're not prepared to shoot. That's correct. And you definitely don't want to, you don't want to cut somebody with a knife in a shallow way. I right? don't think I'd be a good knife guy, but I think, uh, so to answer your actual question, I don't, I couldn't put my hand to it right now, but, uh, because we live in earthquake country, mm-hmm. we do that thing where we keep a pair of, uh, slip on shoes by the bed and we keep a, uh, a, uh, as you say, a tire iron or a crowbar. Civil, civil defense helmet and a crowbar. Yeah. And a crowbar. Yeah, exactly. You got a, got a lamp up there, but, uh, no, I don't have like an umbrella stand full of swords. I probably should. You know, there was, there's all those, uh, those, all those, uh, survivalist magazines all have things where, um, you know, daddy can, uh, you know, hit, hit the headboard of the bed with one hand and a thing pops open and there's an AK-47 in there. But yeah. that's mostly that they like to do. They like to show their neighbors when they give I mean, them a tour of the house. It's cute. It's another one of these things. Like it's like guys like me thinking with great confidence they'd probably be pretty good in yeah. a street fight. It's like, dude, I couldn't even get through a neighborhood stick fight. Like I, I'm certainly not the kind of guy who's going to tap a headboard and a little door, you know, gives me a, a Walter PPK. I, I uh, having that's just a, driven, a very cool looking gun though. Well, side arm, very, mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, I mean if you if. Uh, for me, like basically what I, if I were going to be a gun person, I would have pearl handled, uh, silver plated 
revolvers, two of them, yeah. in, in a holster. Because, yeah, see, that comes from your father's side of the family. Yeah, if you show up to a gunfight with uh, with with that, with a Tom Mix setup or a uh, or a George P- George Patton uh, setup, yeah, you know who what? Uh, that's going to run a lot of people off your lawn. Hundred percent. They, they, they know this, this the is a country. person who's serious about, about branding and weapons. Well, that's right. And you, you know, the, you're not trying to have like a tactical camouflage gun. Your gun is going to, the, the sun is going to glint off your gun and blind half of your opponents before you even have to pull the trigger back. Hmm. Uh, Best gun is the one you never have to use, huh? That's right. That's right. The gun that shines is the gun that, uh, finds its target. <clears throat> okay. That's good. That's a mnemonic. I like yeah, that. Thanks. Uh, but having driven just recently across the country, I definitely noticed, uh, many, many, many in many states, uh, particularly Western states, Southwestern states. These are the majority of the states that I crossed. There are a lot of long driveways where it's clear that the, that the person whose, uh, mobile home is up at the end of that driveway. They want you to know right where the driveway hits the street that you shouldn't come up this driveway. Don't you uh, dare. Oh, right. Trespassers uh, will be shot or something That's like right. that. Don't yeah. you dare. And out in Nevada, some of those driveways are 40 miles long, but all across the country, you know, Kentucky, Oklahoma, you're, there are, there are people throughout that region who really want to, who really want to stop you right at the end of the driveway Yeah, and tell you that somewhere up that driveway there's a headboard behind a bed that they're going to hit with their hand one time and an AK-47 is going to pop out. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the, the collective, the collective uh, sense impression of, of seeing these long driveways many, 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 many times all the way across America, I couldn't help but ask myself over and over, what exact amount of civil unrest or even like spate of burglaries would it take before a person would arrive at the end of this particular driveway already in the middle of BFE and think twice about going up that drive? Like how bad would the zombie apocalypse have to be? How many, um, how many burglars would there have to be before Uh the burglar would end up here? You know, the only people that are going to rob you are your neighbors and friends. There's no stranger danger. Uh, out there where your sign that says, you know, you are being watched. Are you saying by, like, uh, like uh, Squeaky and uh, Leslie? Squeaky and Leslie. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and Tex are going to come and. Squeaky, run, Leslie, and Tex are never going to come. Black Lives run, Matter is yeah, never going to show uh, Antifa. I, saw, I heard somebody say Antifa. What, what is the. Is well, it the, the ex-president used to say that. Antifa. It's called uh, Antifa. And I think that's how most people pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? Antifa? Antifa. 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 I mean, Antifa. I don't, I don't, I don't say it. Antifa. You're Antifa. You're not Antifa. Well, contra my, my thing about how I am very much, you know, a, a, a little, uh, a, you know, what do they say? Like a uh, shrinking violet. It's true. I'm not a violent person. I, but like every time I see one of those signs, I just see fear, 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 fear. Well, yeah, but that's a confident person. A confident person doesn't put up a sign like that. No, it's crazy how much fear there is and how much of it is masquerading as strength. I mean, I guess absolutely. I mean, I guess that's how it works. But like, you know, whatever happened to being like a dignified Gary Cooper type? Yeah, that's right. You just, you know, you don't leave. Everybody else is running behind. They're closing their gates. They're they're shuttering their shutters. Uh, everybody's saying, Gary Cooper, just, you know, get out of here. He's going to give a couple hours of speeches and and then go out into the town square. 
That's right. He can't leave. And he's not going to explain himself. He can't explain well, himself. Well, he did explain himself obvious. a lot. Well, yeah. I don't it, think it, it's as good as people think. But I just meant, I just meant, even though you could even say a Jimmy Stewart, and I, it's not just men, yep, yep. but like you don't have to be taciturn. You don't have to be bellicose. You don't have to be any SAT words. That's right. Can't you just be a confident adult and, and not constantly need to perform some kind of potential violence? It makes you, it makes you look, it makes you look like, a bald version of a 14 year old bully. Well, I, because I tried to think like, let's say I'm a visitor from a, from a different country. Let's say I'm coming to America from. Oh, like one of those Nordic countries where everybody's nice and has healthcare. Well, that, or even if you are here from Indonesia, what if you're driving across America, you're yes. Indonesian, you came for college, you wanted to drive across the country. Your, your first impression would be, man, this country is full of tough hombres. Think about how tough all I these I thought in Indonesia are. you don't run across. Well, I mean, they've had their troubles. Sure they have. There are a lot of tough hombres there, too. Did you ever see that documentary about, uh, it's called The Act of Killing? Did you ever see that? Is this a Suharto thing or was it an, uh, It's about, oh, I'll tell you about it later, but it's, it's amazing. But like in that case, like how often do they encounter signage outside of a residence that says like, like if you come in here, you're going to meet my bazooka or whatever. A lot of what's nice about America is everybody's got elbow room. There's so much elbow room here. Mm -hmm. You can put your thing up a long driveway. Got to, you got don't to have get to be rich. Elbow room. Yeah. If you're if you're living in southern Missouri, you don't have to be rich to have a long driveway. Hell, it's you know, the long driveway comes with the comes with the lease. Mm. But your first sense is like a lot of tough hombres in this country. Everybody mm -hmm. here is such a you know, they're all such badasses. And everybody's then you realize, mad. Oh, Everybody's I don't mad. know. I don't think they're that tough. I think everybody's uh -uh. kind of a puss. It's a, it's a country full of pusses. How, mm -hmm. what does it take to be tough? What it takes to be tough is you, you know, you walk in in your regular shoes. You don't have these, you don't have shoes that are designed for something that you're not doing that day. You have your regular shoes and you're oh, not like you're driving moccasins or like you could be the kind of person who hits somebody with that sign instead of, uh, instead of, uh, uh saber rattling about some notional guns that you have in your home. Yeah, that's right. Hit I him mean, with the sign. You're I so say tough. that as somebody that actually, you know, at least used yes. to walk around with sabers in his yard. Yes. But that was mostly for trimming, you know, that was hedge trimming and a, and a lot of, I was trying to project to my neighbors that I was bonkers, but not in a, yeah. not in a, like I'm a no, crazy that you choose, that you make, you make uh, unusual choices. You're a little yeah. bit of a, let's say a wild card. Yeah. As many times, as many times as I had a saber, I had my jingle stick. I was out, wa I was walking around jingling it at the raccoons. The raccoons got to know that that was a sign of friendship. <laughs> jingle stick. But you know, the neighbors yeah. were like, he's there with the jingle stick again. What does that symbolize? Uh-huh. Is that a new robe? Is that <laughs> 